0: Hello everyone and thank you for tuning in for our 10th episode of Obsessed and So Obscure, a Matt Berry Music Podcast. This time we're here to discuss the album Night Terrors. I'm Tara and we have Courtney. Hi. And Jesse, Hello. Now, uh, being perfectly frank with you guys, we didn't feel like there was exactly a whole lot for us to say about this album and there aren't many interviews about it either. So we thought it was kind of a good time for me to discuss my encounter with Matt Berry, which happened two weeks ago or more now. I'm just gonna... Here we go. Kristen Shawl. She announced a couple months ago that she was going to do a hot tub with Kristen and Kurt. They've been performing together for a very long time, but they haven't, I guess, for, is it two or three years and they've never performed in Canada. I've been a really big fan of hers since Flight of the Concords. I I, I told my husband, I was like, we have to go to Toronto to go see her. And uh, we're from, we live like a little bit outside of Ottawa. So Toronto is about five hours away. And originally he was like, Ugh, like, I don't think we should go. We're, we were going to Boston the week after. So he was like, no, I don't think we should go. And then he found out it was just for laughs and that Craig Ferguson was also performing, and uh, we both really love Craig Ferguson, so we decided to go. So since they're all filming what we do in the shadows in Toronto, we kind of thought that might Matt might be there. Craig Ferguson was performing at 7 p.m. on Saturday. Kristen was performing at 9 p.m. It was only five kilometers away, but if you know Toronto, that could take a while to get there. So we get to Craig Ferguson and like an hour in, I'm like, we got to go. Like, I'm so, I'm so sorry. We got to catch our Uber. We got to go. Call the first Uber. He abandons us. So I'm starting to panic, you know, so we get the second Uber and he's he's completely lost. So finally, the friggin Uber gets there and I'm just like starting to panic because it's like 830 or something. And I'm like, we're not going to get there in time. So we get in the uber and he's like okay well i need your pin for your account and i'm like what the? i don't have a pin so i started giving him all the all the pins it could be so the uber driver's like yeah sorry you have to you have to leave like sorry and i was like look it was a 14 dollar fare i will give you 25 dollars cash you just get me to the royal So he did, and uh, we get out there, and there is just a huge line. It goes all the way around the block. So I'm keeping my eyes peeled for Matt Barry. Like, I don't think I'm going to meet him. I don't think he's actually going to be there. But, like, we start going... Towards the entrance, finally. And the guy in front of me is like, oh, that's Matt Berry. And I like was in a conversation with my husband, but I heard that, and I immediately like turned around. And lo and behold, there he is (laughs) in his all of his gloriousness, standing by the entrance with a few people. So I turn to my husband and I'm just like, that's Matt Barry. That's Matt Berry. And my husband, we were a little bit drunk at this point, and he's just like, (laughs) okay, Dara." and i just fucking took off i, I like left him. <laughs> so he follows me and i see matt and he was wearing this like reddish orangey sweater
1: his fila hoodie kinda, like, he loves that fila yeah, hoodie lately it was lately.
0: really cute i liked it i liked it i don't even think it's a hoodie it looks isn't good it? isn't it just it's like, like a track back... jacket yeah track like a zip up jacket yeah. yeah yeah there's definitely no hood i will i will say as as far as i saw um, i retract so my, my hoodie <laughs> statement <laughs> yeah <laughs> It has been noted. You have and been overruled, stricken from the record. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Exactly. So I like kind of go towards him, and I know Matt is shy. Like I don't think he really likes people approaching him. So I'm like aware of this, and I kind of like crouch down a little bit, and I'm like kind of doing this like almost like submissive like walk towards him, and I'm just like, "Hey, Matt." <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like like looks at me and he's kind of like he's looking at me like uh, oh, really like i can't fucking get a minute to myself and i'm just like i am such a fan of your music i've been a fan for so long and he just kind of like his demeanor i feel like changed a little bit because you mentioned the magic that word just, mm-hmm. music yeah. yeah so then as i'm standing there i notice it's fucking kyle knew and it's fucking natasha Demetrio, and i'm like so i look at kyle and i'm like oh my God, hi. And then I look at Natasha and I'm like, oh my God, hi. (laughs) (laughs) So I tell Matt, you know, like I said, like I was like, I've been been such a fan of your music, like for for many, many years now. I said, you know, starting off with Garth Marenghi, you know, One Track Lover, which in retrospect, he didn't write, but we're just going to kind of gloss over that. (laughs) And I was like, you know, opium, like I've just, I've been such a fan for so long. And he was like, oh, cool, like, thanks, or, you know, whatever, kind of like, yeah, and uh, I was like, I actually do a podcast about your music, and he was like, oh, cool, what's it called, and I said, Obsessed and So Obscure, a Matt Bray podcast, because I thought that he would be like, oh, cool, like, that's one of my songs, that's very clever, you know, and he was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of it, <laughs> Which and my I heart sure, definitely
2: stopped. Sure, he'll promptly deny it if anybody else asks him that he admitted to Effie. He, yeah, if he heard of it, and then I will be completely shattered. <sighs> shattered. I was just like, yes. I don't know how I kept
0: going. I just kept talking. Like I just, <laughs> I, I, I thank my outgoing little brain that like I just kept going because a big part of me was just kind of like oh my God, 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 you know? And and so the fact that I found words was good. So he says that and I'm like, oh my God, like, that's amazing. And I said, yeah, actually, like we had, I said, we had James Sedge come on. And then I tried to like explain... That he didn't actually come on, but he did like a written thing because, of course, as if that's, that's important, like as if Matt cares about that. <laughs> and uh, I'm just like, I have to be truthful to you, Matt. He 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 didn't come actually on, but he he did write, you know, a very nice things. Um, but anyway, so Matt was like, Oh, how is James doing? I didn't, like, compute that. I didn't compute that he said that. It, like, didn't register until after. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, you just kept babbling on. I just kept babbling on. I was like, yeah, so... Because I had I had a script in my head that, thankfully, my brain was going forward with without me actually having to be, you know, manning those thoughts.
2: <laughs> Despite his um, attempts to actually
1: engage you in conversation.
2: Like, <laughs> like I was just sh- like, hold on. Like, shut up, Matt. I have to get this
0: out. <laughs> yeah. I just put one finger slowly to his lips and was like, shh, I'm talking. <laughs> um, <no. laughs> so, so he said, how is James doing? And I fucking continued babbling and was like, I remember I was looking right behind Kyle Newachek and I was looking at a car across the street because I couldn't look any of them in the face, of course. <laughs> um, and I was like, we would love you to come on. and and you know if you ever wanted to come on we would absolutely love that that would be cool and then after I was like I should have been like James is doing great like not that I know but like I should have just been like James is so good and we're literally the best of friends and you know nothing's gonna tear us apart Um, and he did an interview for uh, us
1: so clearly doing an interview for us is correlated with just happiness and doing well in life yes
0: he's better now that he did our interview right Mm -hmm. they were clearly like trying to get into the show like i i was holding them up with my little like fangirlness and i realized that and i don't want to be a dick and you know i appreciated his time so i like was just like could i get a selfie and he was like yeah like and natasha who i love she says to me she's like Oh, would, like, would you like me to take a picture? And I fucking dead ass said to this woman who, like, <laughs> I think is amazing. I said to her, "No, that's okay. I look better in selfies." <laughs> so, first of all, no, I didn't. That picture is like, I hate that picture. It's besides, flipped, it's flipped
2: backwards. It's. I was looking. At I look like, like a crazy
0: person. I was like,
2: why does Matt look different in this picture?
0: And then I saw the writing, and I was like. <laughs>
2: Oh, because it's flipped. That's why. We took the picture. I ended up
0: taking two because the first one was completely blurry. So maybe it was a better thing than I took it because I was like, I saw the first one was blurry and I was like, no, we need another one. (laughs) So we took the picture and I think he said thanks. I don't even know. He was, he was very sweet. They went in. My husband is just like staring at me. He's just like, because my husband loves Matt Berry too. Like we've been fans for a very freaking long time. So he was in shock. So I book it inside and my husband, I look back at him and he can't figure out the app on his phone. And I'm just like, peace. Like I'm with Matt Berry now. I have to go. <laughs> so I go inside and I just, I realized that I can't actually leave my husband and fuck off. So I stand there and I wait for him and I message the girls and what did I say? I should have like fucking looked at what I said. I was just like,
2: I met him or many I had. You
1: said I met Matt and then I he's heard of us.
2: Yeah. And I proceeded to have a meltdown. Like, I think I just, meltdown. I think I just responded, OMG, 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 OMG. You did. <laughs> and then I sent the pictures. Yeah. And then I sent the picture, eh? Yeah. And then poor Courtney was working. Right. She was
0: like, literally at work. And she's like, I remember you saying that you're like, not responding right away was the hardest thing I think I've ever done. I'm like, Courtney, code red, code red. She meant didn't- that
1: i didn't even see it right away i was working at a film festival oh, no. so i was like seating like five theaters concurrently and like my attention was all over the place and i felt all this vibrating in my back <laughs> pocket so <laughs> of course i pull up my phone i see this my heart jumps out of my chest and then i have to put it back and proceed on like <laughs> like my life didn't my world didn't just turn around because
2: also i want preface by saying we were fairly confident that he had heard of the podcast because we know people that either know him or know people who know him like you know a friend of a friend kind of thing who have told people that know him directly so it's like we were like 99% sure that he had heard of us but just to know for sure that he had heard of us was like 100% from the horse's mouth he had heard of us. Was just yeah completely different, and that he seemed cool with it, like really cool with it. He was.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go on record and say he seemed pretty chill about it. That's, yeah, that, that's a good and feeling. Like, we did. We did reach out collectively um, to his agent or management or whatever before we started. Yeah, the music and management, but we
2: never heard anything. Yeah. And we all have no. agreed, too, if it ever came back that he wasn't happy or, you know, if we ever found out through, like, friends of friends or whatever that he didn't want us to do it or he was uncomfortable with it, that, you know, we have fun doing this, but we would absolutely stop because the goal of we had was to get – to, to get the word out about his music to mainly a North American audience who really hadn't heard of his music. So to, just to find out that he aware of it, it, yeah, aware of it and with yeah. it. I think that that's no, the part was... where I was like major freak out. Yeah. And like, thank
0: God my booze addled brain had the like coherence to be like, Hey, I'm in a podcast, blah, 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 Cause like, it was all a blur. Like it was just, I guess I'll finish my little story. So we, we went in, my husband finally joined me and we went in and Matt's sitting in the second row and I'm like, well, I'm going to like try to sit next to him. Like, how would you not? Um. So we ended up sitting right behind him and it was Kyle, a lady, Matt, and then Yana and then Natasha. And then at one point, fucking Harvey comes up and is like, hey, everybody. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, that's fucking Harvey. And I was like, hey. And then I found out later, he was with two guys that I didn't recognize. I found out later, it's fucking Trixie Mattel and Katya (laughs) from RuPaul's Drag Race, who I, like, know very well, but, like, somehow I didn't clock them in the, like, dark theater so yeah we just like sat behind him the whole way and like my husband was so we were just so psyched we were like this is so cool and the show was really funny Kristen and Kurt were hilarious they had a bunch of different comedians come on it was it was just a really good time and then at the end of the show my burning question for Matt is are you ever gonna tour again and that's something I really wanted to ask him so I was like I'm gonna talk to him very quickly very briefly after and I'm just gonna say you know do you have any plans to tour ever again and that was like my thing he started getting bombarded by people after the show and oh look, I'm such a big fan I saw you in the IT crowd I'm like bitch you don't even know his music like get <laughs> out of here <laughs> so so I didn't I didn't bother him and he ended up going backstage yeah it, it, it was really cool he was very sweet I think that's. Think anything else happened was there anything else I talked about that I've forgotten
1: you said you were gonna fight Kyle knew for him and you made him laugh
0: good call girls so one of the ushers he comes once we're sitting down and he's like anybody got room for a single and he's pointing at Matt's row and then my row and Kyle's like we have room over here and like at the exact same second I'm like I have room over here and uh so the guy starts to go over there and I'm like I'll fight you for him. And Matt and Kyle both gave kind of a little. Ha-ha. That was it. It was just like a little. Like oh, I think it's that's, really that's weird, kind
2: of funny that there weren't assigned seats. <laughs> that it was just no, general admission. Not either at the Craig Ferguson either. Shell-
1: yeah, you'd think reserve seats. Yeah. Like vip section
2: yeah that's really weird well it worked out that's awesome Worked amazing out for me.
1: well that disorganization worked out for you because it allowed you to bombard yeah. matt and find sh- out that he's heard of us
2: right to know for sure yeah. that he actually said i mean because he didn't have to say oh yeah what's the name of it he didn't have to ask that follow-up question he could have just been like oh, that's cool, you know, but he actually did and then he admitted to hearing of it and I was just like, that's just like so nice, you know. He was probably like, are there two groups of crazy people who are doing podcasts about me? Because I know about one, are there two? (laughs) Right, he probably wanted to make sure that there wasn't another one because as far as I know, this is the only one. Probably a moment of intense panic
1: for a second there. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like, oh God, what are they talking about? And now I'm just kind of like, exactly. Has he actually listened? That's the only if thing. There, if I don't
1: you know. knew there was a podcast about you, would you not listen to that podcast?
2: I 100% would.
1: I couldn't I don't stop know if myself.
2: he cares
0: enough. Yeah. Like, I don't know if... I don't know. No, I think He's admitted so. to reading know. his own
1: interviews. He has admitted that oh, he yeah? reads his own press and reads his own reviews. Which is, are- if
0: you're watching, if you're listening to this one, Matt, I really appreciate it. You were very cool and it meant a lot to me. And thank that's you for all, admitting that, that you've heard of us.
2: And if anybody else has yeah. please, please don't say you haven't because um, I will- <laughs> Definitely cry, heavy tears. <laughs> you're like Tara was lying. <laughs> like, no, I absolutely don't think that you're lying. But you know, sometimes he does that. No, like, we know that he's heard oh yeah certain things. He's like, oh, I don't know, I've never heard of it. You yeah. yeah. I don't know. Don't know what you're talking about. Cool guy Matt doesn't doesn't admit <laughs> to things like that.
1: Doesn't watch TV. It's and a compliment of our though. podcast.
2: No, exactly, exactly.
0: Uh, Anyways, maybe one day he'll come on because I definitely asked him twice. As, as I keep stores. telling
1: myself, he didn't say no.
2: <laughs> he didn't say no. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> So yeah. was there any more that you wanted to say or uh should we I think that was
0: it. I think it was a very brief interaction but I'm sure I've talked about it for 20 minutes so <laughs> it's
2: really amazing. It's just what are the first of all, what are the odds? I mean we knew that there was some chance of him being there because they do like to go out and support each other um the cast does yeah but just just the fact that you were running late and you still ran into him in that way and you still were able to get out what you wanted to say. You know, despite the fact that you didn't let him speak, that's for (laughs) maybe for your second encounter. But like, yeah, it's still really amazing. And I kind of feel like um, if you hadn't mentioned the podcast, Courtney and I would have gone to Canada and murdered you. Yeah, like for sure. We would have done a murder. So we're gonna talk about these eight songs. Yeah. Let's talk about Night Terror's a Nocturnal Excursions in Music. This album was released in November on November 17th, 2017, and it's technically a companion piece to the small hours. It's completely composed of remixes and outtakes and alternate versions of tracks. Not really alternate versions, but outtakes and remixes. The uh, one alternate version. One alternate We'll talk about that. Uh, yeah, like... It's <laughs> Yeah, and then the original release was limited to 500 numbered copies some were signed and then it has since had a mystery silent reissue like the small hours did but this one was never actually reissued by acid jazz was it
1: no it's still not on their website it's
2: still not on their website i didn't think that it was but i was like maybe it was and i just don't remember i was actually thinking about that today yeah so i've been looking for this one for forever because it was the only one that i didn't have and i couldn't find it and then all of a Sudden it starts popping up on eBay and Discogs. And I'm like, what the hell? No, it didn't pop up on Discogs. It popped up on eBay, but not numbered. So we knew that it wasn't one of the original batch. And I bought one and then Courtney bought one. And I don't know, I don't know why they're doing it like that. It just doesn't make any sense. It's just Acid Jazz never made any mention of it. And I know with um the small hours too, we <coughs> asked, because one of our friends knows somebody asked jazz and he asked about it and acid jazz said that they weren't aware of the release for the small hours, but then it eventually what? showed up on their website. Um, they officially reissued, you know, made it a reissue, but, that was well after these other ones started creeping out. And the same exact thing happened with Night Terrors, except for they never ended up on the Acid Jazz website. Like Acid Jazz never acknowledged what the hell? A reissue. So I don't understand it. I still don't get it. Especially since they've officially reissued Music for Insomniacs and they're taking pre-orders yeah. for it. So
0: By the way, so excited for that. I am, it's going right above my record player. I'm so psyched.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I can't figure it out. If anybody knows anything about that or what what this was with Night Terrors in the Small Hours, yeah, let us know because I'm really am interested in knowing. Like I know when it happened with the Small Hours at first, I thought maybe it was they were not official copies for some reason, which is a really weird thing to make an unofficial copy of. But
1: I wouldn't think there's a huge yeah. audience for pirated Night Terrors copies. <laughs> No,
2: uh, Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> I mean, the small hours and night terrors were very, very hard to find. But, um, I also
1: am going to cautiously suggest that acid jazz might not be the most organized outfit <laughs> in the world.
2: <laughs> We're willing to help. We really are. We'd love really? to help wherever yeah. possible. Follow um, at us. So the cover photo, again, is by Ben Meadows. There's also... A, there's there's just... There's so little to this album. It's not a bifold or anything. It's just a regular sleeve. Front... Black a, vinyl.
1: Never came out in colored vinyl. Yeah,
2: exactly. Black vinyl. The back gives zero information. It has the track li- listings. And then it just says it's produced by Matt Berry. And then it, underneath it just gives... like the breakdown of the tracks and which ones were original and if they weren't original, who wrote them. There's a little picture of the Small Hours cover on the bottom and it says original versions of Night Terrors and Lord Above are taken from the LP Small Hours. And that's it. I mean, the back cover, there's a picture of... We were just talking about this. It looks like maybe of somebody sticking their face in the water and screaming which i don't know if it's matte or it's like either water or it's smoke but it's very obscure and and it looks like somebody's screaming so maybe ben meadows can give us more information on that if he is listening yeah
1: i was gonna say the rollout of this album was similarly low-key like we could not find any press releases any this wasn't released around record store day i don't know that it was actually on record store day but i think it was a week or so off, so it was kind of time to coincide with Record Store Day in the UK. But it was released without a lot of fanfare. No real press releases, no interviews or articles.
2: And it could just be that it's because it's not a full album. It's an EP. And you know, it's kind of just... Sort of reminds me of leftovers from the small hours recording sessions, stuff that just didn't make it onto the original album, but were still good. And then there's the remixes that came after. So it's just like extra material, which I will never say no to extra material because I really like extra material. And I think it's really interesting to yeah. hear covers also, which is really cool.
1: I wonder, though, how much of it really are outtakes because there's what, five, four covers on this album? Um, and no covers on The Small Hours itself. That album is all originals.
2: Right. It's really confusing.
1: So I'm wondering if these were just one-offs that he kind of recorded for fun or recorded maybe even outside of The Small Hours sessions, just for, you know, kind of laughs and compiled on this album.
2: And, you know, and that, that's a really good reason why I would love to see an instrument list on the back of this and a musician mm-hmm. list on the back of it, because... I just kind of assumed that it's the Maypoles playing on it like they did on Small Hours. And these are like tracks that didn't make it to the album or that they were just like jamming or whatever they were doing. And they're like, oh, this is good. You know, we'll hold on to it. But we don't know because it doesn't say. It's just mysterious. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Especially it's because considering. Mad. I don't know.
1: By this point, Matt was really well established as a musician. Like this wasn't, you know, Opium where he was an actor who was sort of sticking his foot in like he had a really well-established respected uh, musical career by this point he did a lot of press around the small hours he did a lot of press around the albums that came after this but this one just kind of
2: Lit under appeared. the radar yeah yeah <laughs> and it was a full year or two but
0: after like, the small hours came out this just kind of seems like one of those albums he's just like i have these remixes and covers that i don't know what to do with so i'm just gonna like quietly release this album and who cares acid
2: jazz promoted it at the time so and some of them were signed so there was clearly there was some promotion from acid jazz but there was no actual like press you know there was the velvet onion had something where it was coming out they they mentioned it was coming out but they didn't know anything about it all i've ever seen about it is just a small press release that says it's basically stuff from the small hour sessions but Mm. i don't know how much of it was because there's no information yeah we would love one track
1: that we know was from much earlier yeah so we'll talk
2: about that soon Uh, should we just go into the music now let's yeah dive in okay so the first song is it's night terrors it's the saint etienne remix And is it? English fan. They started in the early 90s and they were kind of like a house club dance music sort of thing. Then they they seem to switch genres up a bit. They do they've had some folky albums. They've had more electronica albums. And I know Courtney, you've listened to them and you like them, right?
1: I do. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm a huge fan or hugely knowledgeable about their work. But I've listened to their first album. And I know some of their their songs. Matt hasn't spoken much in interviews about his relationship with Saint Etienne, he hasn't really named them as an influence, but um, we do know that he's at least friendly with them. There's a video floating around YouTube of him performing the song I Was Born on Christmas Day with them at a performance at Shepherd Bush Empire on December 9th, 2017, just about a month or so after this album came out. So they're buddies of his and that's probably how they ended up doing this remix. Interesting tidbit, their best-known song, probably the song that a lot of you listening might be aware of if you know them, is their cover of Neil Young's Only Love Can Break Your Heart, which Matt, years later, just last year, when promoting The Blue Elephant, named as the song that he most wished he had wrote. So there is definitely some common common tastes. And this is a band that was best known for their work in the early to mid-90s when Matt would have been in school and then at university. So definitely someone he probably was familiar with and would have heard a lot in his teens and early 20s. Yeah, so
2: this version is it's definitely different than the original. The original is really, it's just straight up jazz. It has a lot of that brass instrument sound to it that just gives it that authentic jazz sound. And this one is just a much smoother sounding, funky, I don't know, it's more like just a groove than the original. It it removes a lot of the sound of the heavy horns and it adds in like a smoother bass line. It's definitely similar. You, You definitely hear that same melody, but it's, it stands on its own really well. It's also half the length of the original, which I think is they crammed in a whole lot and to make it that much shorter.
1: Yeah, I always heard this as kind of a trip-hop interpretation. Like you said, you kind of took the words out of my mouth that it really hits a groove and just stays in that groove. Mm -hmm. Um, It's almost trance-like to me um, in in a good way that really you could see yourself kind of getting into the song in a club. I played this song while studying before because it really just kind of gets you in that zone and stays there. It has that slightly psychedelic feel that Matt likes obviously on most of his work. There's kind of an echo on the beats, which to me calls back Back a little bit to the late 60s early 70s to some of the the pop music you'd hear then and yeah this song to me just really works It really accomplishes what it sets out to do it takes the same song to a different genre and finds some new elements um, that wouldn't necessarily pop out in the original and it's just a fun listen
0: it sets the tone of the album really well I it, it's interesting to see if you look at the track list on Spotify it has A million uh, listens, and that's 10 times more than the next top song from Night Terrors. So people really like this song, obviously. They like the remix of it. And I think it's fine. I-I-I- it's good to have on the background. I think it really goes with the next few songs as well, and they really transition well into each other.
1: I was at a pool party over the summer, a 4th of July party, and this song came on the Spotify playlist that the host was playing in the background, and I uh, lost oh. my mind.
2: <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> That's like really, really crazy, too. random for like uh, yeah. just to be someplace and not expect to hear a Matt Berry track, and you're like, oh my
1: god! It might not be completely random because I might have introduced this friend to Matt's music. Oh, okay. It felt val- <laughs> it felt vindicating. It felt was a good moment. It was yeah. like I've done this.
0: <laughs> awesome. Just looking smug at everybody, you're
2: like. I'm responsible. This was mine. Um, Yeah, so I give it a 3 out of 5. I gave it 5 out of 5. I think it's just really oh. a good standalone remix. I don't like it better than the original. I don't like it less than the original. I think it's really good on its own.
1: I wouldn't go quite that far, but I gave it 4 out of 5. It's not like an all-time classic in my mind. It is a little bit repetitive, but it's just a fun track, a fun reinterpretation, and it does what a good remix should, which is finds a, another side to the song.
2: Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So um Middle of the East is track number 2. is the only original track on the album that was original to this album specifically that uh, was written by Matt. It's not a remix. It's not a cover. It's just a new song. And I'm song. so
0: stupid. I am just like the worst because I didn't fucking know that. I didn't know that until you guys said it tonight. I didn't know that Angie was a cover and I did not know that Any Color You Like was a cover. And I had to like quickly go listen to them and my husband's like, oh, "Like, yeah, this is like Pink Floyd. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, do I not know anything? No. We're getting ahead
2: of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. but- so <laughs> middle of the East. Middle of the East. Yeah. So- the only
1: original on the album. Yeah. Really the the other thing that I think is noteworthy to mention about this song is that it's the one one representation of this album on the Gather Up box set or the Gather Up greatest hit set, depending on which version you bought. I think they kind of made a point to include at least one track from each of Matt's albums, but clearly he felt proud of this one. He included it in his greatest hits. He He wanted this to be something that he was known for. It's kind of an outlier in his catalog. You can hear why this didn't make it to the Small Hours album, because it's sort of just out of left field. I wrote African jazz influence, but I have to be honest that I didn't come up with that. I read it on All AllMusic, um, so I will give all the credit to hmm. the All Music writer who heard an African jazz influence in that because I read that and was like, oh, yeah, sure. That makes me sound smart. But it kind of has like a Moroccan uh, sort of vaguely Middle Eastern feel. There's like this synth line on top. I think I hear maracas and bongos. <laughs> One of the questions I have about this song is, is if Matt played percussion on it because we know that he does play some percussion and he has been credited on uh, TV themes for sure as playing the bongos. So I'd like to know if that's him.
2: I actually put that as a note on this track, that this would be a really good time to have an instrument breakdown or a musician list on this album because I thought the same thing. And, you know, you, you actually kind of took the words out of my mouth about this. I mean, the organ is the main instrument. Then there is that really cool percussion line with the bongos, with the maracas. I did the exact same thing, which is so <laughs> funny. I don't know if they're maracas or if it's at that, that, I don't know what it's called, but it's, you know, the thing with the handle and it's got like the metal beads around it and I know exactly what you're talking about I don't know what it's called but I don't either if it's a maraca or if it's that but it definitely sounds like bongos to me and then like about three quarters of the way through the song there's like a little break and it goes into like a little synthesizer solo and then it goes back to the main melody then it's got heavy synthesizers on top of it love this one and you're right it is an outlier it didn't fit on the small hours although i mean it could have i don't know if night terrors fit on the small hours i don't know why this one couldn't have but it kind of is just like it's a really cool song and it deserved to be somewhere and i'm glad it ended up on gather up too it's just a fun little jam i really like it a lot
1: it really is a jam like this I don't know how much Matt is a jam artist when he's recording. I suspect that he tends to kind of go to sessions with a very strict plan. But this does sound, this does have that loose jammy feel like it was just him and the other Maypoles kind of fucking around in the studio.
2: If it was the Maypoles, because apparently we're not allowed to know that information. This song flows well from song number one. It's also not distracting. It's something
0: good to just have on in the background. That's like all I have to say about it. Like, it's just
2: a kind of a vibe. I don't know. It is a vibe. It makes my it ears is. every, when it comes on, I just, it, I perk up. I really like it. Actually, with the percussion too, the other thing I was thinking is, is it a percussion machine hmm. or is it actual oh. percussion? Because he, he's played that before too. So, so I don't you think know. it might yeah. be like
1: an elaborate simp setting?
2: I don't know. I really have no idea. It doesn't totally fit sound like it but i mean i guess you know we could probably ask james sedge that question because he probably would know if he played on this or if if matt played it or if it was a drum machine
1: james if you're Let's listening pause
2: it. yeah yeah free to sneak in our Let's dms them up. <laughs> yeah let us know it's like um, one o'clock in the morning in the uk and we're like james we need you right now <laughs> so um yeah so I gave this one five stars. I think it's awesome. I really love it. It's
1: about a 3.5 for me. It's fun. It's a little different. It's nothing that tends to get stuck in my head or that I really like take a whole lot of notice of when I'm playing Gather Up, but it's it's fine and I like that
2: it exists. It totally gets stuck in my head. Stuck oh yeah. Stuck in my head right now. Yeah. I also gave
0: it a 3.5. I agree completely. <laughs> okay. It that's feels all like like a B-side. Like It feels like It's pretty it- good
1: it's not a b-side because there weren't any b-sides for the small hours but this just screams b-side it screams like sort of like you said outlier that he wanted to be heard but didn't really have a place for well
2: i feel like this whole album is basically a b-side yeah 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 it's weird
1: <laughs> i'd agree with that
2: next is angie which was is a cover it was written by davy graham who is a british guitar player he died in 2008 and he wrote angie when he was just 19 years old and the original version of this song is completely acoustic it's just acoustic guitar that's it nothing else
1: something we discovered as we were researching Davey Graham, because none of us were really familiar with him prior to doing a little bit of research for this episode, is that Angie is actually a bit of a standard. It's a really famous composition. It seems like it's kind of um, a little bit of a benchmark for, for folk guitarists to learn. It seems like its best known use, which somehow just passed all of us by, is on Simon and Garfunkel's album Sounds of Silence from 1966. And Jessie, of course, ran and picked up her copy of Sounds of Silence, well, and sure enough, you, it's yeah, there.
2: You found a, um, oh, you know what else I just realized too? Woo, because you found on the original pressing of The Sound of Silence, because I I don't I don't have any idea, like I know this song, I've heard it a billion times, and it just never stuck to me, that, that occurred to me that it's the same song. It even has the same name, but it's spelled different. But you um, mentioned that the original pressing This is not even attributed to um, Davy Graham. It Mm -hmm. was somebody totally different. It was attributed
1: to Bert Jantz who covered it, but didn't write it.
2: Yeah. So I had to go and run to see which version that I have. And no, mine says Angie, but it's spelled wrong. It's spelled A-N-G-I-E written by Davy Graham. So mine has been corrected. But if you look at the front cover, it's spelled Angie, A-N-G-I, A-N-J-I. So I've got both variations of the spelling. And now I have to go back to see if I actually selected the right one on Discogs because I never noticed (laughs) that before. And that's really interesting. I don't know, it seems like they screwed up on several copies, several pressings of this album.
1: Well, they kept changing the spelling of the name at first. So on the song itself, um, and Matt spells it correctly, on the original version it's A-N-G-I, then modified the spelling to A-N-J-I, and then it was corrected to A-N-G-I-E, and apparently at some point, on some repressing, they finally corrected it to the original ANGI. Or
2: like on mine, it has it as both. I wonder what it says on the actual record? That's just on the sleeve. On the front of the sleeve, it has ANJI. On the back of the sleeve, it says ANGIE. And then on the actual record itself, it says ANJI.
1: It always makes me twitch when no one proofreads these things. Right? Like I know we have talked about that on some of Matt's earlier albums where there's typos on the albums. Ugh, it's just can't sleep at night
2: i mean i'm like the Come on now. of typos yeah. when i'm texting and stuff because a lot of it has to do with autocorrect and just the fact that i type really fast and i don't go back and reread yeah but like when i'm sending an email or doing something in a professional setting i literally reread things like five times and make sure everything is correct before i hit send or before i turn in a report or whatever i don't get how some of these things go out with what you're putting layering. out an album have a friend proofreading layering issues <laughs> So weird. I either love covers or I hate covers. And I love them when they stay 100% true to the original. You know, obviously add your own flavor to it, but don't go half-assed, don't, you know? Don't yeah. fuck like, it Like either yeah. keep it true to the original or make it completely different. You know, just really take it and make it your own. And I I hate covers that just fall in the middle. And this one is just really good because it took this really simple, classic acoustic song and transformed it into something that very much has his signature on it. He stuck to that uh, melody and then he just verified it. He added organs and synths and percussion and it's fantastic and I really love it.
1: Damn it, Jesse, you literally... Took the words Damn out of it. my mouth. Please I
2: keep doing that. I we never
1: agree on music.
2: What is happening? I don't know. We haven't given anything the same star ratings.
1: I literally wrote gives a simple guitar piece the Matt Berry treatment. Almost exactly what?
2: <laughs> Jesse,
1: we can't let you speak first. That's um,
2: so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but you just did that everybody's Maroc- like courtney just copies jesse because no, she mm-hmm. just did that on middle of the east you were talking about the bongos and possibly maracas <laughs> and i said there's bongos and maybe some maracas great
0: minds that's
2: so you guys funny. are both
0: really good yeah you're good at this <laughs> that's hilarious. so are you yes you are <laughs> no so listen listen to what i wrote about this song because full fucking disclosure i had no idea it was a cover they, like, we, we have, like, a little brief chat before we do this. And they were like, yeah, every song but one is a cover or remix. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I had to, like, go listen to the song. And I was like, first of all, no offense to Davy Graham, but I really prefer Matt's version. But this is, this is what I wrote. This is what I wrote. This is all I wrote. So you can compare to, like they're very in-depth professional sounding oh, like God. reviews and this is what i said i really enjoy this song exclamation mark and it has no lyrics exclamation mark that's a big
2: deal for me <laughs> I don't know if you've realized this about me yet, but I am a really good bullshitter. I can bullshit about anything. I'm kinda like Colin Robinson when it comes to that. Or I guess Mark Proach playing <laughs> Colin Robinson I'll talk about a subject yeah. for hours and not know anything about it. Just I elaborate. love to read music well, that's criticism.
1: I have since I was a teen, so I just regurgitate bullshit that I've read.
2: <laughs> like guys, that makes me feel a lot better.
1: <laughs> maximalist production. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs>
2: I coined that phrase "verified." He verified it.
1: Verified it.
2: <laughs>
0: One of the albums coming up, I'm just gonna like beforehand just Google like album reviews of random <laughs> shit and just throw stuff in that I don't know what it means, and I'll see if you guys pick it up. You will because you'd be like, all of a sudden, like Tara's using big words.
2: That's so she funny. She must have
0: like copied this from somewhere. Just like, plagiarize
2: <laughs> music reviews.
1: Yeah, the syncopation yeah. of the polyrhythms really, <laughs> really pops.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the treble and the bass and the something like I, I just
2: start throwing in words. I don't know if that means what you think that it means. No, <laughs> clearly not. I don't know shit. I don't know That's shit. That's so
0: funny. I really like this version though like it's awesome like I gave it a 5 out of 5. I I've always really liked this, this song and again it has no lyrics. This is a big deal for me guys.
2: Well it's very very short. <laughs> it's <laughs> that not as well, like, I guess long. Long. Is it even that long? I didn't even think it was that long. I feel like it's like 5 minutes but maybe I'm making that up. I thought it was like 3 in shape. Age. I had nine. No oh, okay. Oh, yeah, two check. minutes and in seconds. I okay. thought it was very short. It does have a little bit I more feel like there is
1: epic feel. Maximalist, uh, one might say.
2: Maximalist. It really <laughs> does. Well,. I mean, um, <laughs> I've to Google original, that after, by the way. The original version is just acoustic, but what, and, and the Simon and Garfunkel version is also just acoustic, but the original version is like a single acoustic guitar. The Simon and Garfunkel version is, sounds like dueling guitars, which is cool. And then this is like completely different. And it just. Is that an.
1: Is that an accordion on it? It sounds like an accordion Ooh. to me.
2: Um, It might be. I can't often distinguish between an accordion and a synth and an organ, a regular organ. They sound similar, but it could be. I, I think he plays the accordion.
1: He's credited with it on Witch Hazel.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. My great aunt played the accordion. It's a hard instrument yeah, to learn. It is. It is for sure. I guess she was pretty good yeah. at it. I don't remember ever seeing her play. Yeah, so Angie, I gave it five stars. I freaking love it. I love it, love it, love it. Wow. I'm feeling very generous well, when with this.
1: I gave it two and a half. Really? Not because I even (laughs) actively dislike it, but because it's just just sort of there. I... So now that I've outed myself of having as having notes that I work from, I will say that I wrote in my notes, similar to a lot of songs on this EP, mm-hmm. walks the line between groovy and boring.
2: They have a similar tempo. They just sound like they go together. They sound like sister songs almost. They do. But I really like yeah. both of them. They flow together really well. They do. The first yeah. three songs I find just just flow
0: really really well, and then you get into uh, Lord Above, Matt Berry meets Thomas Walsh, and you're like, whoa. What the fuck? I've wasted all my time on anything that shines. It could be the
2: Thomas Walsh, you know, I, I can't say enough good things. Thomas Walsh is Pugwash. He's the lead singer in I know basically you love him. all of Pugwash, because Pugwash has gone through various um, iterations. iterations That was the word I was looking yeah. for. Thank you. It's. I'm going to let Courtney go first on this one. Let's see what Courtney <laughs> says. Let's <laughs> yeah. go back and forth.
1: <laughs> You're not going to like it.
2: No, that's okay. Um,
1: I really want to like this song. I love Lord Above. It is one of my favorite favorite Matt Berry songs. I gave it a five out of five on our (laughs) small hours episode. I love Thomas Walsh. I love Pugwash. I am a big fan of his music and I'm really glad that I've discovered it through Matt fandom. And this song just completely falls flat for me. It just does nothing for me. It feels like it tries for R&B and kind of lands on yacht rock. Not in a good way. Not in a fun way in sort of a sleepy way. Thomas sounds sleepy. There's just, it loses all the energy and the exuberance that make the original so great. And, you know, to me, the original just sounds like new love, like that when I think of songs that just capture the feeling of newly being in love, that is one of the songs I think of. And the emotion on this cover or uh, this variation I guess is just lost
2: yeah. I don't think you're wrong at all I think you're I think what you said is spot on but it, it, the original version is very very upbeat It's so very poppy and the remix is or not the remix the cover it's a lot more subdued and it's kind of heavier like they made it they took it a, a turned away from that upbeat poppiness and made it a much darker song and I think that Thomas Walsh and Matt really harmonize very well on the chorus chorus is a little different. It's kind of a little in the background. I don't know. It definitely is not something that I'm used to hearing that or anybody is used to hearing from Matt. But I think they do harmonize well and one of the reasons why I think that this works as a cover is like what I said before. This doesn't necessarily stay true to the cover. It like it does enough to make it different that it's not just like a bland cover. It, It changed the tempo. It changed the feel of the song and I really like it And my mood always determines which one I like better. Because Lord Above is not one of my favorite songs on the small hours. I like it, but I don't love it. And it depends on my mood whether I like that one more or I like this one more. I go back and forth because I do. I really like both of them and they do sound different. It just depends on my mood. And I get that yacht rock thing too. I love yacht rock. So (laughs) I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. What is yacht rock? Like, like yacht, like the boat? It's like, it's like like Hall and Oates, like it's like soft rock kind of from like the 70s and real early 80s, like Like, Christopher Cross and Mm -hmm. (laughs) music
1: that sounds like it should be listened to by guys on a yacht wearing (laughs) like little captain hats. (laughs)
2: It's like And they have the little sweaters crossed in front of their, like, neck. Exactly, exactly. Shoulders. Officially one of my favorite genre- genres of music, because I'm a huge fan. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, I can't get enough of it. I, like, have that. there's an the actual Yacht Rock station on Sirius XM, and of course there I is. can't get it in my car anymore, and it makes me so mad. Like, they oh change my God. the numbers. You guys numbers teach me so many And things. my numbers only go up so high in the car, because my car is, like, 10 years old, so... I can't get it um, now, and I'm like, oh, so I have to like, I so I just keep it on the classic vinyl channel, which is you know a little bit edgier than yacht rock. I'll per do Wikipedia, I want to know what I said about this. <laughs> I want to hear so, what you We could say that over again. No.
0: yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tara. I was going to say, per Wikipedia, <laughs> factors relevant to yacht rock include high production value, use of elite Los Angeles-based studio musicians and producers jazz and r&b influences the use of electric piano complex and wry lyrics about heartbroken foolish men particularly involving the word fool <laughs> <Yeah>. and
2: oh <laughs> what a and fool and an believes. upbeat
1: rhythm called the doobie bounce
2: yeah Doobie Brothers are big on <laughs> Yacht Rock. And you know, I very unpopular opinion. I I have a 50-50 split with the Doobie Brothers. I really, really, really like the Doobie Brothers, but I really, really, really dislike Michael McDonald. So <laughs> oh. like pre-McDonald, all in on the Doobie Brothers. Post McDonald, which is like McDonald era, is Full on yacht rock, and I, I just, I don't know what it is. I know that's a very unpopular opinion, but I do not like the Doobie Brothers with Michael McDonald. I've said I, it. You've probably made two people mad out there who are listening. I don't know. I know it's someone out there
1: listening. is shaking their fist in the air.
2: Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. hopefully nobody. Hopefully, that knows Michael McDonald personally. It's nothing against you, which is weird because of the whole my yacht rock fascination. But whatever. Okay. So I did not realize yacht rock was a thing like, for you. <laughs> it is a thing for me.
0: I never even heard of it. And you guys are like, yeah, Yacht Rock, you dummy. (laughs) Go on, Tara.
2: Please continue. Okay.
0: So this is my uh, two sentences. My two sentence. I I wouldn't even call it a review. It's a comment. So, you know, sometimes remixes are better than the original. Yeah. Yeah, that's not happening here. That's (laughs) literally all I had to say about it. Uh, That's it. Nope, that's it. I'm not even going to say anything else. That's all. That's all I have to say. That's all I say. So
1: what doesn't work for you about this song?
0: Just, like, the whole thing. Just, <laughs> it's it's unpleasant. It's unpleasant to listen to. Like, there's some parts, like, again, I've been listening to this album a lot over the past week or two. And sometimes I'm like, oh, like, this, this little part here is okay. And then, like, something kicks in. And I'm just like, why did they do this? Why did they even remix it? It definitely didn't need a remix. I don't know. I just... I don't dig it and I I, I kind of felt bad saying anything about it because like I know Jesse like really loves Thomas Walsh and I'm not against Thomas Walsh, okay? Well, this isn't like,
2: this isn't typical of his music and I mean, I guess you could kind of say the same thing as why does anybody do a cover of anything and I guess it's just to add your own flair to it. I kind of think that this was a collaboration between the two of them. I sort of think yeah. that it was something that they both decided they wanted to take it in a different direction and work on it together. And I think that's the reason why it says Matt Berry meets Thomas Walsh, too. It's yeah. Like, this is the first like time let's be weird. Together. Yeah, I, I I think it's cool. I, it's just sort of, like, experimental and different. And, I mean, results may vary, obviously. But it, I
0: respect that. And that's yeah. the thing, too, is, like, I respect doing something different. I may not like it.
1: I like the idea of trying to, tap into the tenderness of the song and make it a little more intimate and a little more more kind of a ballad and yeah the execution just falls flat
0: what stars
2: did say. you give it i'd like to know today i gave it four and a half oh wow okay yeah. i mean if you asked yeah, that's me like last, that's strong if you asked me last week it may have been like a two and a half or a three or it could have been a five i don't know it's just it's kind of one of those that i okay. kind of have a different opinion of it every time i listen to it
0: i can appreciate that because honest to god sometimes i'll like listen to songs again and i'm like Oh my God! What did I write this yeah. on the podcast? Because like today it's a five, and yeah. I probably gave it like a three. And I'm like,
2: I couldn't remember you know, what I did yeah. for the for the original word above. I couldn't even remember. So.
0: I don't either. I don't either. But I'm like, I love that song. Now that I'm listening to the remix, I'm like, the original's so amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I give it a two out of five. I don't care for it very much.
1: And I'll give it a one point five out of five.
2: Oh God. Okay. It
1: really falls. We flat don't for
2: love me. it. But you really, really, really like the original one. I do. I get it. That makes sense. So the
0: next song is Any Color You Like. And uh, I'm not shy or ashamed to admit when I'm wrong or off base. And this was one of the songs that I just wrote that, like, this is a charming little song. Like, I really like it. And I always thought this was just a mad original. And the girls, when again, when they mentioned that this album was full of covers and remixes, they're like, yeah, no, like that's a Pink Floyd song and so I ran out and I I listened to that and uh, I was like no like I I know the Pink Floyd song like I've heard it before I just somehow never pieced it together and I was listening to it with my husband and he was like yeah like that's that's the Pink Floyd song and I was like how come you never told me he's like I don't know I just thought you realized it kind of like hey you dummy Of course, at uh, 1 minute 40, there's one of Matt's patented UFO battles. With the pew, 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 (laughs) laser beams. And uh, I I don't know. I just thought it was very fun and funky. And then having listened again to the original, it's it's a really fun take on it. I really
2: like it. It is indeed Pink Floyd. It is from Dark Side of the Moon. The original version is just, it's like electronic and synths and drums at the start. And then it goes into like a guitar solo halfway in. Mm -hmm. Matt's version is way different. It starts with heavy chanting and loud chimes, which I don't really hear a whole lot of similarity between this version and the original version, uh, halfway through Matt's version, it goes into really heavy synth, like Tara was just talking about with the pew 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 pew, where <laughs> the guitar was in the in the original. That's where his goes into synth, and then I just I don't know. I don't. I think as far as covers go, it's more of its own thing. I, I just listening to them side by side, I don't even hear the similarities that way like listening to one and then listening to the other i just kind of feel like thank you Yeah. it doesn't have a melody and i just think both versions are ultimately just kind of forgettable
1: i would concur with that the original works in the context of the dark side of the moon yeah i mean yeah, yeah. the whole yeah. album is very atmospheric and it very much fits in with that kind of unfolding feel. There's my fancy music criticism word, feel. I've listened to this song probably at least 10 to 12 times over the past couple of weeks in preparation for this episode. I couldn't tell you anything about it. I couldn't hum it. It's complete sonic wallpaper. It just fades in the background. And I don't even hate it for that. It's like Tara said, it's pretty, it's perfectly pleasant, but it's pretty forgettable.
2: Yes, that's exactly what I said. I said, overall, it's a bit forgettable, as is the original.
1: It is probably (laughs) worth noting that this is as far as we're aware because we really don't know much about these songs but as far as we're aware this is the one song that did not germinate from the small hours sessions this is a track that actually goes back to a promotional Pink Floyd cover album back in 2011, uh, Mojo Magazine. I'm not sure if Mojo Magazine is still a going concern, but um, they were back in 2011 and they released a tribute album called Return to the Dark Side of the Moon, different artists covering different tracks. And this was Matt's contribution. Um, This would have been right around the time of the Witch Hazel release. So clearly something that he liked and was proud of. Um, He repurposed it here, but it it is an older track for him.
2: It's so funny, too, because I didn't know that until like an hour ago. And Courtney's like, it's on Return to the Dark Side of the Moon. I was like, wait, really? I'm like, it is? Like, how? How is that a thing? (laughs) Because there's like, I didn't realize there's so many different (laughs) albums that are tribute albums called Return to the dark side of the moon. And this is just happened to be one of them that came out. And I just think that's really, really cool. But I was like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, it's on Discogs. I'm like, but it's not on Spotify. I don't get it. <laughs> so, some <laughs> Mojo magazine exclusive.
1: Yeah, we, it was a, yeah. it went on far too long with us just getting increasingly frustrated <laughs> at each other. Cause I'm like, no, it's a tribute album. Like, he's on it. <laughs> I see this. And she's like, he's definitely not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they no
2: would have had a fist fight thankfully I, we're very far apart neither one of us knew that there were like way more than one I'm not a huge like pink floyd connoisseur so I I, I know I've heard of uh, Return to the Dark Side of the Moon and I know that Matt is not on it so. <laughs> well <laughs> I guess every tribute to Pink Floyd is called "Return to the Dark Side of the Moon." They could come up with new names. I mean, you would really? Thanks. So. Light Side of the Moon. That actually, what you found about that really actually solved a mystery for me. <laughs> Why this song of all of all Pink Floyd? Why this?
1: Probably because someone told him to. I
2: don't know. Anyways, mystery solved. Anyways, my
0: husband, my husband thought I was an idiot. He's like, "You he didn't hear the similarities between these songs?" And I, I was mean, like,
2: "Are you kidding me? Could no, he?
0: I did not. Could he yeah. hear
2: the similarities?" I he did,
0: yeah. So I played them both and okay, actually, let's be completely honest, I played uh the Pink Floyd version, and he's like, Wow, this is a really good cover. It sounds exactly <laughs> like the original. And I was like, oh no, honey, like this is the original. And then I played Matt's version, and he's like, Yeah, but like, you can totally tell that this is the same song. I
2: listened to his version and I listened to the original and then I listened to his version again and I'm like mm. I still don't hear it. I don't hear anything the same. There's kind of
1: the same melody line. That's the only thing I could pinpoint.
2: Maybe that's it because I can't pick up a melody line in it.
0: There was only like really a couple parts that I was like, oh, okay that could be it. <laughs>
2: it sounded like a different song to me, honestly. Yeah, me too. And for that reason, I gave it three stars. It's not one that I would skip, that's for sure, but it's just not one that stands out to me at all.
1: I'm with you on that. I'd give it two stars just because it is ultimately so bland to me. It feels like less than the sum of its parts. Like it's got those kind of cool female vocals and the synth UFO battle and if you pick it apart it's interesting, but it just doesn't cohese. So Mm -hmm. yeah, two stars.
0: I actually again I, I rated this before I even knew it was like a Pink Floyd cover. I give it 4.5 out of 5. I I've always really enjoyed the song. Okay. Well,
1: glad someone does. Yeah. Speaking of divisive covers.
2: Oh Jesus. Oh. It's
1: time to talk about Mr. Green Jeans. This song grew on me a lot over the course of listening to this album, prepping for this episode. I'd heard it before, obviously. I'd never really been a fan. Um, I thought it was sort of an embarrassment that he even tackled this song and recorded it the way he did. And fast forward, like I said, at least 10 to 12 listens, probably more, over the past few weeks, and Stockholm Syndrome has set in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I think it's kind of cool. And yeah. I bet you were there.
2: The Frank Zappa version you you weren't a fan of? Or Matt's version you weren't a fan I of? I hadn't
1: heard the Frank Zappa version like I'd never really thought to listen to the original oh, okay, until gotcha. we were doing research for this episode. I actually I, I still like Zappa's version more, but I appreciate how different this mm-hmm. version is. That's really true for every cover on this album and the remixes too. Like they don't all work for me, but you can't fault them for not being very different interpretations.
2: Yes, he he stuck to the brief of it, a good cover. Whether he understood it's, the assignment. Yes, he understood the assignment. Whether yeah. Whether I like it or not, I can't fault him for it not being a valid cover.
0: This was another one of the songs that, again, I should probably lie and pretend that I know a lot more about music than I do. But I didn't realize this was a cover until a couple weeks ago when we were talking about it. And you guys were like, yeah, no, this is a Frank Zappa song. And I was like, whoa, that makes a lot of sense. Because I was just, (laughs) when I heard this song, I was like... This is zany even like for Matt. Like the lyrics are just so like, whoa, like it, it it didn't make sense to me as being from Matt. And I was just, I liked the song, but it didn't make any sense. I think that it's better than the original. And I've listened to the original quite a lot after hearing this. I love the wacky lyrics. Again, I know he didn't come up with them, but... I really liked it and then of course i was googling it and mr green jeans spelled like jeans like the actual pants was a character from Captain Kangaroo. I really? don't know if anybody...
2: Yeah, he was. Yeah. But this isn't jeans, like the J-E-A-N-S, it's G-E-N-E-S. No. Like,
1: but it's a reference. It's I probably a reference.
2: I have no idea. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, as- I assume because Captain Kangaroo was in the 60s, early 70s, was
2: it not? Yeah, it was like the early 60s to the mid to late 70s. I remember watching it okay. when I was a kid, but I probably watched reruns of it. Because I know my mom watched it when yeah. she was a kid and my mom was like born in the 50s so
0: so you want to know how i know about captain kangaroo because it's from that song where he's like uh oh what's the song sitting around flowers on the wall oh my Uh yeah flowers on the wall that's like one of my favorite songs and he talked about Captain Kangaroo so I ended up researching it a while back like years and years ago and uh, my mom was like yeah Captain Kangaroo and I was like I don't know who that is but I know
2: because of the St- Statler Brothers who is it I, I don't Statler know. Statler
1: Brothers yeah
2: yeah. I like that yeah, song because it was I, on the Pulp Fiction soundtrack.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh it's the best it's like, song. I listen to that song my, my husband and I jam to that a lot. Yeah so I don't know the original version of this is really kind of slow and ominous sounding and Matt's version is real upbeat and much happier sounding but in general it's just super nonsensical and I usually just skip it because I really really dislike it oh yeah but I do agree that I think Matt's version is much better than the original but I still don't like it
1: am I insane for thinking that Matt's version sounds kind of sexy like he sounds sexy singing about food he not like oh he's hot and I think he's sexy like he sounds like he is trying to seduce you by talking about sauerkraut
0: (laughs) No, he's using his is... come fuck me lyrics and sound, yeah. A sauerkraut. sour yeah. Come eating, hither voice.
2: Eating your greens Makes no freaking Eat sense. Your greens, baby. And your shoes and your socks. And the box and the that truck they came in. That and the truck, brought truck them that, that brought them. In. them. Yeah. <laughs>
1: At least he doesn't I sing garbage truck lyrics. like Franz. Zappa does in the original.
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think I got that. I don't remember in the original. that. <laughs> no, I don't remember that. <laughs> I
0: don't really that. remember that either. I just I don't no, know. No, but I I thought the lyrics were like amazing in that like I really like just like nonsensical bullshit so I'm really into it when I was first hearing it and then when I found out it was a Frank Zappa song I was like oh that makes sense but like I kind of wanted Matt to come up with something like absolutely insane like that I'm
2: really glad that he didn't really glad that I- <laughs> so he's not coming out of his head but and um,
1: I I'm glad he didn't and I kind of love that he went there <laughs> Because I can explain. Because he, I'm sure, intentionally does not integrate a lot of humor into his music, right? He seems very conscious of that division and what he's better known for in the public eye. And very intentionally makes sure that his music is not that. Which I totally get and I totally respect. But he is a very funny guy. Like, clearly that's a, a huge strength he brings. And I love that he just leaned into that. Like, you know, when we talked about opium, opium is funny in a lot of ways but it kind of plays it straight like it's not winking yeah, at you. Yeah yeah. And this is totally winking at you. I
2: kind of agree because the original song it's just ridiculous in a way that it just makes no sense. It's not that it's like <laughs> funny. but his version, I think because he made it more upbeat and happy, it is kind of funny. It doesn't make it better. and also sexy, somehow sexy.
1: <laughs> I'm not saying this is like the song I go to at the end of a hard day. It's just. <laughs> yeah
0: no but once you said that i was like yeah it's
2: not in your no. highlight reel i agree <laughs> it's not, it's not the, the, the soundtrack to your highlight reel
1: when i'm lying on my deathbed, and the doctor says you've got an hour left what do you want to play it's not going to be mr green jeans
2: oh, man Disappointing. but
1: but i don't feel like i've lost time listening to it
2: Okay, that's yeah. good. How many stars do you give
1: it? I'm going to give it four stars.
2: Four. Yes. Wow. Me too. I gave it four stars. Holy
0: You God. know
1: what? 4.25.
2: Yeah, fuck you, Jesse. That's so funny. I gave it two stars. <laughs> Although I think I gave it two stars just because I think Matt's version is better than the original and good for him. And this is why we're a good team
0: because it's always like one or two of us like really <laughs> like something and somebody else is like, This is garbage. Garbage. do not agree on anything. If you average our
1: ratings together, they always come out of three stars. It's
2: so funny, too, because even songs (laughs) that where Courtney and I will have like the same comments about it and I'll give it like a five and she'll be like, "Eh, it's like a three, even though we had the exact same comments about it. I think that's so funny.
1: And what's bizarre about that is we like a lot of the same music. Like beyond just Matt, we talk about music (laughs) and we like a lot of the same stuff. And yet we don't agree. And yet. All right. So I suspect that the heated emotions will continue on to Hey, Little Girl. <laughs> this oh, is no. a cover of an Australian band called Ice House. Jesse, do you want to tell us a little bit about Ice House? Um,
2: sure. Ice House is an Australian band. As you mentioned, they were formed in 1977. They are mostly new wave and synth pop. And this particular song was written by Iva Davies. When everything goes wrong, sometimes
0: it goes- There once was a time I should
2: have known of different versions of the song and they're all attributed to ice house they're not like covers they're all ice house and um just listen i think matt's version might be the closest to it might be the u.s version just because that version is upbeat but the vocals are a bit deeper
1: see i didn't know that at all because when i was kind of researching this episode i just went and searched for the song and found the version by ice house that, you know the, the first one listed and yeah. that's what i've been listening to i had yeah. no idea
2: there's like album version there's like u.s version there's like a u.s album version i don't there's like all different versions but they're all ice house so they're not covers ah. Very strange. Well, yeah
1: this song was actually a really big international hit it went top 10 in a lot of countries in europe it was top 20 in the uk and in america it spent one week at number 31 on the billboard top tracks chart before dropping off.
2: What year was that, do you know? That's
1: a very good question I just and not, not something sure. I thought to write down. I <laughs> guess early 80s. I, didn't want to I
2: think it was 1981, spot.
1: but oh, okay. makes, let me look that up. Makes
2: sense that would be the 80s. I just I wasn't sure when this actual song came out. I didn't look at that part.
0: I want to say 82. I'm just going to say 82. Let's see. <laughs> let's all guess. Come on guys. Everybody at home, let's all guess. I
1: Actually, Terry, you're completely right. It was
0: 1982. Hey.
2: Fuck yeah. yeah. I'm
0: really good at arbitrary numbers. I will guess just <laughs> bullshit. Out of nowhere <laughs> and be right. Okay, so guys, I love this song. This is by far. The best song on the album. It's amazing. I listen to this all the time. It's just on my like top liked songs on Spotify. And I did not realize it was a cover. I knew. I knew. Like in the back of my head, I was like, this reminds me of something, but I could never place it. So I'm like, it must just be that this is such an amazing song that I just think it reminds me of something. And then once I heard it, I was like, oh yeah, like, yeah, that's... That's the song I've been, you know, thinking of in my head. Matt's version is just such a big improvement on the original and he absolutely kills it. I just, it's, it's fantastic. I don't know how anybody could say anything bad about this song. Take it from there, girls.
2: (laughs) I don't know. I think... Matt's version is much more slowed down than the original. The vocals are very deep in places and echoey. Um, some of the some spots it's like distorted sounding. I think the chorus is kind of cool. It sounds like the vocals are kind of in the background a little bit. I don't really love the song at all. I think Matt does a good cover of it, because I think it's he's changed it enough to make, make it his own, and I, I think he does do a good job covering it. I think just overall, I'm just not a huge fan of the song. Gasp.
1: Tara's clutching her pearls.
2: <laughs> I am.
0: Courtney, I think I don't fall somewhere. Oh, I'm, okay. Okay. I'm
1: a middle path. I fall somewhere in between. Okay. I like this song. I like the original too, for what it's worth, or at least the iteration of the original that I heard. I like 80 synth pop, and I like how kind of, no, no pun intended, how cold and icy this song sounds. <laughs> like it's very mean-spirited. It's very like. Kind of cruel. Not just the lyrics, which are pretty mean spirited, but like the song just sounds cold. And Matt really captures that feeling, that like hard anger, without imitating or mimicking the original. His vocals are really low in the mix, which is unusual for him. He usually kind of puts his vocals first and forefront, but he really lets the the synths and the backing music kind of swallow the song here. So, is there a more accordion in the song? Because I thought I heard accordion in the first ten seconds too. I think I just really want matt to be playing the accordion
2: <laughs> i would like to see that i would like a video of matt playing the accordion because i think that would be really cool we i don't
1: know how matt an accordion works the ukulele, which is the dorkiest looking instrument there is so I if he love wants
2: the ukulele i think it's so cute my Ooh. husband
0: plays it and it's super hot so I hot i wonder if he can play the banjo
1: i'm sure he can doesn't I... is there no banjo and kill the wolf i guess there's not
2: i don't know i don't remember i mean
1: i think it's... if you can play guitar and you can play ukulele you can probably it's play banjo
2: there's different well, I mean there's different types of banjos, but that would be an interesting instrument. I think And again, these are the
0: hard hitting questions that Matt would get if he came on here. Right? You know? Like just, just come on. We're not scary. We're just like, uh, did you play the accordion? Or burning,
2: like... burning questions? Can you play the banjo? Burning questions are literally consisting of why don't you like the small hours? Can you play the accordion? What's your favorite instrument? What
0: shoes you were you wearing
2: during this? Why did you wear those shoes? Why were you yeah. wearing red converse and we've never he seen He said him again? that
1: when he's at home he likes to record in the nude so probably no shoes
2: <laughs> What 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 what? I've never oh, heard that. Oh, is that, that his the interview so... when he says that he rolls out of bed? Um, and his studio is like right next to his bedroom, so he's like wearing nothing or next to nothing when he rolls out of bed to go into the studio. Yeah, that was That's the one. Did he say
1: nothing or next to nothing? I
2: think he said nothing, and then he says or er, next to nothing. Corrects himself. Like he like got British and caught like, himself. Yeah, maybe he's yeah, wearing like, He's like, like boxers or something. Oh, he does play banjo. I'm, I'm wearing pants. They call it pants, right? yes
0: it's very british of me
1: they do Um, when i was in england i said something about how it was a nice day so i was gonna go out without (laughs) pants on and (laughs) cut tease mercilessly or i think i said i was gonna wear a skirt instead of pants and
2: (laughs) you should wear both (laughs) those little things um, for the record, he does play the banjo on Kill the Wolf. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know why we were talking about banjo. Oh, accordion, accordion. We go off on ukulele. tangents. You led to banjo. There it is. We were worried we would have
0: no tangents for this album because we didn't have much to say. But right. I thought we would.
2: We and always we, did. we always find a way. Life it finds a way. Yeah. Uh, you know. I... And you said that it's like '80s synth pop, and I, I, that's probably the reason why I don't really like the song. I'm not. That is not my my favorite music whatsoever.
1: Yeah, you're not a fan of the 80s pop sound
2: I'm not at all at all at
0: all but like I don't even know I don't know how to describe it I wouldn't describe it as 80s in any way I just think it's just this like perfect little sweet song I I again
1: you call this song big sweet? fancy
0: words this yeah. song is nasty well yeah like if you like listen to it <laughs> but matt's version is even more nasty even if you don't know i just lyrics. think it's i think it's beautiful the way he sings it i think oh, it's okay, is gotcha. really beautiful i do like yeah, his no, vocals like not, here i like
1: <laughs> how deep he gets
0: he doesn't usually yeah.
1: kind of go to the low ends of his vocal range no, but I he know. does have a really impressive vocal yeah, range i
0: wish he would more yes
1: one of the things I don't like about this song is the echo. Like, to me, it's overkill. Um, the song already sounds really kind of vicious, especially on the line um, almost two minutes in where he says little girls hurt sometimes and there's a lot of echo and a lot of distortion. Yeah, we get it. But that's a nitpick. I really <laughs> like this song.
0: Thank you. I gave it. Nope, you're wrong, Jesse. Um, <laughs> no. I. Okay, so this is what I gave it. I gave it a 57 out of five. Holy
2: crap. Okay. It's very specific. It's
1: very specific.
0: 57 out of five yeah Very specific. No.
1: not what would specific. it take to make it a 56 or a
0: 58 yeah it doesn't matter because it didn't warrant that it, it warranted just, a fifty-seven. <laughs>
2: 57
1: knew it to be 57
2: Specifically 50. you could just well, tell that's valid uh <laughs> i gave it three stars i mean it's just it's not great it's not bad it's just middle real middle of the road for me
1: that's a lot more generous than i expected from you
2: yeah well i'm a nice person hmm. usually we'll usually. see we'll see about the next one <laughs>
1: i'll give it a four out of five it's not like an all-time favorite but it is a cool little oddity in his discography
2: okay so moving on to night terrors the clark remix Is a British electronic musician and composer. He most recently composed the score for Lyce's story on Apple TV Plus, which is based on a novel by Stephen King. And I don't know if you've seen it, it was so good. And the music was so atmospheric and beautiful. I'm a really big fan of Stephen King, but his movies don't usually do it. But he was involved. I think he wrote the teleplay for this one too. It's really good. If you have Apple TV Plus, it stars um, Julianne Moore. I remember when I was watching and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I wonder if that's the same Clark that did this Remix that Matt's a fan of but I'm like this sounds really different. And yeah it's the same Clark and I thought that was really cool and it wasn't a book that I was familiar with like I, I have read so many of Stephen King's books. The first like adult book that I read was It when I was in sixth grade. It's not a book for kids and I think my parents no. were just like really happy that I was reading so <laughs> they're like whatever that's fine plus Stephen King is like one of my neighbors because he's a snowbird and he lives in Sarasota for half the year and one day I'll get to meet him and tell him that I'm a huge fan. It's everybody <laughs> Everybody has met him except for me
1: that's how i feel about matt
2: yeah right yeah matt too
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah matt has been very vocally a fan of clark's for years now he initially Kind of mentioned Clark, the first time I saw it was on the AMPM playlist he did for Spotify. I can't find an exact date on this, but I believe it was around 2016, maybe early 2017. It was shortly after the BAFTA win. He has recommended in multiple interviews uh, Clark's song Future Daniel. And actually, just last year, in an article where he listed his favorite songs for the Line of Best Fit website, he said of Clark, We've worked together and he's recorded some drums in my studio. He has an amazing approach. He just wants to do things things differently, and I've always been drawn to that. On the AMPM playlist, which we'll link to you, it's, um, the whole playlist is well worth a listen, and I've discovered some really fantastic music from, from that. But he suggests Future Daniel as one of his songs, and he says, Clark's someone who I became aware of kind of late. I mean, he's been around a while, and I was stupid and not kind of realized it. But it isn't really the kind of thing, you know, that I'd have thought I'd be listening to. But it's just so well put together, and there's like a bunch of ideas in every one minute of stuff that he does that you just can't help but keep kind of listening to see what's going on, what's going to happen next. And it is dance to an extent, but you know, there's a lot more going on than that, and that's why I find it interesting. But it wouldn't be the kind of thing that I would normally say listen to. So I like that, the fact, you know, that at the age of like 40, I've got into this which is good, I guess. He uh, has even spoken in other interviews about his fandom, I guess, his uh, admiration for what Clark does. And so it's not really a big surprise that Clark was, I'm assuming, invited onto this album to do a remix. The remix itself is controversial.
2: To say the least, it's controversial. It's just a headache. I don't know what this is supposed to be. It doesn't sound like the original Night Terrors at all. And I skip it 100% of the time. As soon as I hear that opening, what sounds like a malfunctioning pinball machine, I'm just like, skip. <laughs>
1: I'll confess that prior to diving into this album for the episode that you're listening to, I'd probably listen to this like maybe two or three times all the way through. I mean, it. Yeah. either I just wouldn't play it or if I was listening to the full Night Terrors, it would be a skip. But I forced myself to sit through, I even listened with headphones on intently and took time stamps of every change or variation in the music because it is a pretty droning, repetitive piece of music. And I sort of land on this one the same place that I land on Mr. Green Jeans. It's not necessarily my jam. It's not something I'll seek out. I appreciate that it exists. Just because it is such a different interpretation, it's really a deconstruction of this song. You do not listen to this song. You should see the look on Jesse's face right now. <laughs> Just utter recoiling disgust.
2: (laughs) Sorry, was I saying that out loud? Like my face was my face. You might as well have been (laughs) Jesse.
1: No, it it's so different than the original and it's so broken down to its elements. And I don't know, the just kind of straight up like music nerd in me thinks that's kind of cool. Even if this isn't really something that I would actively choose to listen to in really any other context.
2: I don't. Yeah, yeah. I just don't get it. I feel almost offended that it exists in a way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess in the most literal sense of the word, it could be Night Terrors. Actual Night Terrors. It sounds like Nightmares and apparently Matt is into that kind of music, being that he likes Cluster, but I think it, that's what this reminds me of more than what it reminds me of as the original track.
1: The only recognizable element that I could really even identify at all was around 15 seconds you hear the drums which are pretty recognizable and then for the rest of the song there's little bits and pieces that fade in and out but it's all very brief
0: is it worse than the saint etienne remix yes yes it is It's chaotic and disruptive and makes me edgy. Yes. Would you call this electronica? To quote Father Ted, down with this sort of thing. (laughs) It's like this Clark fellow was given a track and was told, do whatever you can to make this pretty good track absolutely terrible and unlistenable. I know that Matt is very into Clark, but I just don't get it. I don't understand why this was put on an album for people to listen to.
1: It's like the musical equivalent of one of those paintings that just consists of a white canvas. Like, <laughs> do you enjoy it? I think Not really. Way. Yeah. Do you get what it's doing? Yeah, sure, on an intellectual level. <laughs>
2: I went to the Guggenheim Museum in New York when I was a teenager. And I mean, if you like architecture, that building is freaking amazing. But we went and I don't remember what the exhibit was exactly at the time. It was some sort of modern art installation. And I had a really hard time recognizing what exactly was part of the exhibit and what was just there as part of the building. I think one of the exhibits was like a hanger. <laughs> I'm like, Just a hanger. It's just <laughs> nothing else. I'm like, what? hell is this a clothes hanger or yeah, like an a airplane hanger. hanger no 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 a clothes hanger it was just a clothes hanger hanging on the wall there was nothing else to it at all and I'm like is this is this part of the installation or is this, is like... this art I didn't get it <laughs> now that you mentioned the modern art thing it's really what led me right back to that moment is this is something I could definitely have, have imagined hearing walking through the Guggenheim looking at <laughs> <laughs> make you feel weird it does it <laughs> makes me feel not good I just wish it hadn't anyways I wish it yeah it,
0: it shouldn't exist it shouldn't exist it shouldn't be on the album I can appreciate art that doesn't mean I like it that doesn't mean it's good that does not mean it should exist but you know somebody thought that it was worth doing and we all have to listen to it now.
2: And I'm not saying that he's not talented, because clearly he is.
0: Like, he knows how to do music. I, I did listen yeah. to um, some of his other stuff, like the the Future Daniel that that Matt talks about, and I listened to some other stuff, but it's just not my thing. And I try to appreciate all music, even if I don't particularly like it. And I have really, really, really tried with this track. It's just a dumpster fire
2: like a recoil.
0: Yeah, no. I, I have like a, a very visceral reaction of oh like no
2: make this stop. That's kind of what I get from it too. I gave it half a star. <laughs> I was gonna give nice. it nice. I was gonna give it no stars, but I wasn't sure if that was That is the worst rating we have had so far, and that's saying a lot. That's the worst rating I've given anything.
0: I, that's the worst anybody's given, I'm pretty sure. I mean What did know? I
1: give Rain Came Down? I can't remember. I think
2: like it was a one. I think was we it a ra- one? I think we both rated that one a little bit higher just because of the first half of it. This one is just, it's really just literally unlistenable. As soon as I hear that broken pinball machine, I I skip it. I'll give it a one out of five because it's not very good. I'm gonna get
1: a little pretentious here for a moment and argue that any piece of art that makes you recoil and makes you feel physically sick is a powerful piece of art.
2: Yes, it's true. It's (laughs) It's impactful. It is. It is
1: causing a visceral reaction. Yeah, which is absolutely. ultimately what art sets out to do. I don't like this song. I doubt I will ever listen to this song again, <laughs> having forced myself to do so several times. But I'm gonna give it four stars.
2: Whoa! Okay. What the fuck For are having you the audacity to exist? <laughs> That's
0: so funny! Oh my gosh! That- I thought you were gonna give it a two, and I was like applaud like i i get what you're saying but that is insanity what you just said that is so
2: funny okay all right all right (laughs) because you gave like woman like 2.5
0: or three out of five and you gave this garbage fire totally a different song
2: this one has the audacity to exist that one she just (laughs) wants to go away completely that's That's a very interesting review though like if if you were to write a review and you're like
0: i hate it it's terrible but I love that it has the audacity to exist. Four out of five.
1: I don't like it, but I can respect it.
0: There you go. It's <laughs> yeah. not the direction yeah. I thought you were headed in. I would love to hear from anybody who like genuinely enjoys that song. So please let us know because like Courtney's just giving it, I'm going to call it like a pity. A pity, pity for Four out of five.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't That's pity not this song. Heart. I
1: fear this song.
2: <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> that's fair it's a respectful for you yeah. know who
1: does like this remix matt berry if matt berry yeah. wants to come on our our podcast and talk about why he likes this remix
2: does he though <laughs> does he like it or was he obligated to put it on the record i think
0: he likes it i'm gonna tell you i think he likes it i think he's happy with it and he probably honestly would like that most people don't like it. He's probably like, that's what I was going for.
2: I don't know. I don't know either. I guess that could, Comes be, our, set us straight. That could be one of our burning questions. Really? Do you really like this one or are you just being polite? <laughs> oh, yeah. What's our burning question for this one? I don't think we came up with one for this album. I, I mean, my burning question would be, who plays what? Was this really yeah. from the small hours? What's the deal with the silent reissue? I mean, I have a lot of yeah. questions about this yeah, album. The- not just like one <laughs> yeah. specific burning one.
1: This album's a big question mark.
2: It
0: really is. So everyone, thanks for listening in. Again, we want to hear what you guys have to say and what your thoughts are on the album. Uh, We are going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus and coming back for a very special and exciting Christmas episode in December. So wait for that. Listen in. And again, you can find us, Obsessed Obscure, on... Oh my god, let's go through it all. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on TikTok. And we're on Instagram. Did I miss one? Nope. And we have a Discord. Our Discord is actually very exciting. Come over to the Discord. Uh, thank you everyone. And again, we really appreciate everybody listening. We just hit a thousand listens the other day, and it's meant a whole lot to us. Thank you so much. I think my heart